0: You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? I turn to somebody and tell him I'm ready for a move of the Holy Ghost. You can be seated tonight, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. People say, well, you don't have to feel him, brother. Yeah, but it's good when you do. Amen. It's nice to feel his presence. I said it's nice to feel his presence. Woo. You know why? Because when you know it, and of course we know he's, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. But the problem is just because God is everywhere doesn't mean that everyone is benefiting from his presence. Amen. Of course we know he's omnipresent he's all over the place in fact the psalmist wrote if i were to make my bed in sheol you are there but that doesn't mean that because he's everywhere that people are benefiting from his presence everywhere I mean, I've sat at a table with people and, uh, you know, people being on their different phones and we're just doing other things and we're all in the same place in each other's presence, but we're not benefiting from each other's presence because we're not truly there. Why? Because you've got to activate somebody's presence in order to benefit from their presence. And you could have the presence of God right next to you and even living in you, but not activate that presence And miss out on the benefits that are there Now the Bible says this That the Lord is a spirit 2 Corinthians 3.17 And where the spirit of the Lord is There is freedom Glory to God So one thing you can be sure of As if God's presence is somewhere Then freedom is in that place Glory to God I'm telling you, I feel this tonight man Something's bubbling up in me we're leaving here on another level. I said, we're leaving here on another level. We're not leaving the same way we came in the door. Whatever was harassing you and trying to hang on you, it's loosing its grip tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And running out the back door by the power of the Holy Ghost, we're leaving free in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. 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 My brother that has the hat on back, we got the nice really cultivated beard. What what is your name? What is it? Alex. Alex. What what do you do for a living? You do. I don't know. I don't know what it is about you. I like you. I've liked you since the first time I saw you and I don't even know why. But I'm tell you what, I felt like the Lord has a blessing set aside for you. And and I'm going to tell you something. I've been I've been going over this since yesterday, thinking like what, what should should when should I do it? But I'm telling you, God's favors on your life. And I don't know anything about your life. I don't know how long you've been saved. I don't know how long you've been going to church. But I can tell you this: God has a plan to use you in a mighty way. And I've been sensing it since yesterday. And I sat, you were closer up here, right? You were closer to me. I just kept sensing it in my spirit. God's gonna bless him, God's gonna use him, God's gonna open doors for him. Now, I'm gonna tell you, and I don't know what it, I just know when people have a, a spirit that's after God, you feel a like spirit with them. But it, would you let me pray for you? I'm telling you, I felt God is getting ready to open doors for you. And if you would lift your hands, because I'm gonna tell you something, you're not here this week by accident, God has brought you here for a divine purpose. And I, I can tell you this, that I know this in my spirit. Twice, God has spared your life on purpose. When people had a plan to actually take you out was one time, and the other time was when there was a very dangerous situation that you were close to, but it did not affect you, though it should have. But God spared your life on purpose because he's not going to let the devil take you out knowing he has a purpose to use you for his glory. And I'm going to tell you, there's something that God has spoken to you. It will take faith to step out and accomplish it, but the Lord is telling you tonight, I'll be with you every step of the way. I'll provide for you every step of the way. And I'm going to tell you that there's there's a, a call on your life to lead many into the kingdom of God. hear hear what I say. God is going to actually use you to reach the hard cases that people said would never get saved and that would never go to church and that would never turn their life around. God said, I'm going to take you right to them and I'm going to melt the walls that are around their heart and the gospel's going to come into them and it'll turn their whole life around and save them from destruction. And from this night, the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost comes upon your life in a new measure to do what he's called you to do, fire of God come upon him from this night. I pray a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost, my brother, from this night. And that, Lord, that you'd open those doors quickly and that, Father, souls would come into the kingdom through his faithfulness and his dedication. I pray, Lord, you give him the best position he could possibly have with the best pay, the best benefits, and set him up on every level in Jesus' name. And bring him into the deeper fire of the Holy Ghost and use him mightily for your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Somebody give God thanks and praise for that man. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It was going to bug me if I had to preach all night and then sit there and wonder, when, is, when is I going to do it? God God has a plan to use you. So the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. Somebody say freedom. freedom. So when you have freedom, that means that what used to hang on you and hold you has to let you go, has to loose you and let you go. Doesn't matter what it is. I think about the fact that uh, Lazarus was dead, and of course, he was in a grave, and the Bible says the stone was rolled in front of the grave, but then Jesus showed up, who is the Spirit of freedom himself. Oh, hallelujah. How do I, how do I know that? He's the Word made flesh, who dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and what? And what? Oh, he's full of grace and truth. And the Bible says you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So where there's truth, there's freedom. And since Jesus is the spirit of truth, since he is the word made flesh, when he shows up into a place, then there's a truth available to set you free. Hallelujah. And he stood in front of Lazarus' tomb, and he said, roll away the stone. See, they didn't want to do it. Because they said, "No, his body's decomposing, and by now it's been four days, and he stinks and there's people that are like that in church. They literally will come and they got a stone rolled in front of their whole life so they put a smile on and act like everything's cool and they lift their hands in the songs and they know how to worship, but inside everything they're going through stinks. But the reason Jesus said roll the stone away is because he's trying to get to the root of the problem. He said, I don't want you locking that thing up in a place where nothing can change. I came here to bring freedom to the captive. So roll the stone away. And see, it's, it's time to expose the thing that said it was going to keep you locked up forever. And when they rolled it away, he said, Lazarus, come forth. My grandfather pastored for 62 years. He said, he used to, he used to preach this message. He said the reason Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, is because if he would had just said, come forth, everybody in the graveyard would have got up. But he was specific with his faith. Lazarus, Come forth. The Bible says out came Lazarus in grave clothes, still wrapped up. The Bible said he was still wrapped up in grave clothes. He was alive, but he was still wrapped up like he was dead. Let me preach this because there's people that go to church, they're alive in Christ, but they're still dressed like they're dead. They still smoke a pack a day. They still got a Copenhagen ring in their jeans. They're still hanging out with people they shouldn't hang out with. Still drinking on the weekends and hanging out. Let me tell you, when you get saved, he'll not just set you free. He'll set you completely free. And the Bible says that he said Lazarus come forth, but he didn't stop there. He had one more command for Lazarus before he was all done. He said, now loose him and let him go. And that's what I'm preaching tonight, that there's an anointing in this church that whatever has hung on you for too long, whatever the devil sent to harass your life, it has to loose you and let you go tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. And it can take different forms. We don't know how the devil attacks each individual person, but you might know how the devil's been harassing your family. I was in one service, and I mean, even as the preacher, having seen a lot of different things, having seen a lot of different people that have battled stuff, sometimes the Lord will do something, and you'll still be amazed to watch God do something you've never seen before. And I was preaching one time in a youth camp in West Virginia, out in the woods at a college campus, And uh, as I was preaching, I heard the Lord say this to me. He said, call down anybody that has constantly had dreams of themselves dying. Just every night they go to bed and they're tormented with dreams that they're dying, they're dying. They wake up in a cold sweat thinking that they were really dying or thinking that somebody was killing or murdering them. I thought, man, that's a specific word, man. If I give that, I'd be surprised. There might be one young person that comes to the front Who's been battling that? And I was in a youth camp of about maybe 150 kids, maybe a little less than that. And I thought, man, if I give that word, there might be one kid that comes down to the front who's had those type of dreams. And I called it out by faith anyway. I said, you're here tonight? You've been having dreams that you die every time you're in your dreams? And I mean, with even 150 kids in the room, we probably had 35 young people come forward with tears streaming down their face that the devil had been harassing and tormenting their mind every single night to the point where they began to convince themselves, maybe I should die. Maybe I should just take my own life. Maybe it's because I'm not worth living. See how the devil is devious in his plan to try to steal people's value and make them feel like they're worthless when God comes to give you value and to show you your worth. And I said, Man, and and when I called him down and they're at the altar crying under the power of God, I heard the Lord say that there's a demonic, murderous spirit that's sweeping through this generation, trying to take out as many people as possible before Jesus comes. He said, take authority over a murderous, venomous spirit that tries to take out this generation. I've stood in front of long lines of young people with their hands raised, with their crying. And as I go down the line, I look at them in their t-shirts, and they got cut marks on their arms from the wrist all the way down to the elbow, just cutting themselves because the devil has told them they're worthless. That's the only reason I started writing books. First book I ever wrote was called Praise, Laugh, Repeat, Living in the Power of Overwhelming Joy. You know why I wrote it? I was ticked off at the devil seeing so many young people battling chronic depression and anxiety attacks and suicidal thoughts. And I started to fast and pray and said, God, there's got to be a way to break these young people out of depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. And for about a five-week period, God led me through the word and showed me every avenue into overwhelming joy and out of depression that there is. So I just put it in book form. And started getting it out to young people. I had young people write again. This is the first book I've ever sat down and read all the way through. And my life has totally changed. Why? It's not because I'm a good author. It's because when you deliver the word of God to somebody, it contains the power to set them free. Hallelujah. And I And I said, and that's only happened twice in my whole ministry. And I came to another youth conference in New York. And when I was in New York, it was a much bigger conference, about a 1,000 young people. And I felt that same word from the Holy Ghost hit me again. Call every young person down that's battling that. That night, we had about 150 come down, somewhere between 100 and 150. They lined them up in rows on the cement, and I went through laying hands on everyone. Power of God hit them, getting free. See, the devil seeks to put people in supernatural bondage. It's like an invisible prison that people feel like they can't break out of. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. He sets the captives free. Hallelujah. He. Said, that's what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Shh, glory to God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And if you look, one of the reasons... Not just to preach the gospel to the poor. Not just to heal the brokenhearted, But to proclaim liberty to the captives. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to say this because sometimes we don't think about it in these terms. But say this out of your mouth. Of course, I don't know how else you'd say it other than out of your mouth. But say this with me. (laughs) Say, freedom Freedom. is my my birthright. Say it again. Freedom. Is my birthright? See, I don't care what was the case before salvation. Now that you've been saved, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That means that whatever the devil tried to use before to curse you and your family, those generational curses had to come to an end when you came into the family of God. Because how is a curse going to carry over into the body of Christ? You cannot put a curse into the body of Christ if you could That would mean Jesus himself was cursed with your generational curse. But he cannot be cursed. Even in the Old Testament, God's faithful people were not allowed to be cursed by anyone. That's why the prophet Balaam had to say that I cannot curse what God has already blessed. Glory to God. I cannot curse what God has already blessed. And if you're wondering tonight if you've already been blessed, let me quote a scripture to you. It's Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3. The Bible says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. There's no more blessings to be blessed with. You've been blessed with every one. And if God has blessed you, then no devil can curse you. If God has pronounced it, who can take it back? You are the blessed of God. Somebody shout amen. You're the blessed of God. So who does the devil think he's messing with? And you know, this is why he wants to keep people ignorant of their freedom. As I said yesterday, if you don't know where your territory is, you don't know where the boundaries are. But when the spirit of God shows up, things have to change. Things have to change. The Bible says, not only is there freedom in his presence, but in his presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 16:11, and at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. So get this in your spirit now. When God shows up, supernatural joy shows up. Supernatural joy shows up. <laughs> supernatural joy shows up. Supernatural joy shows up. Supernatural joy shows up. Ha, ha ha. Supernatural joy shows up. Joy. That means depression leaves. That means anxiety runs out the side door because joy just showed up. Joy just showed up. Joy just showed up. I feel it in here tonight. Joy just showed up. See, and that's not just for the sake of a little laughter. No, no, no. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why the devil fights against your joy. He don't want you walking in full strength. That's why he wants people in depression. He wants people in anxiety. He wants people battling suicidal thought. Why? Because he knows if he can mess with you here, then he can steal strength from your life. He wants to battle a weakened church. But one of the things that's so powerful is that when we get into his presence, then the joy is already there. We don't have to drum up some joy. We don't have to generate joy. I just step into his presence. <laughs> I just step into his presence. Oh, yeah. It's like when you go to a Mexican restaurant. You ever been to a Mexican restaurant before? I hope so because they're wonderful. I like That's where you go when you really want to eat quick. I like going there just because I know how fast chips and sauce are going to come out. I am ready now. I don't want to eat three weeks from now. I want to eat now. And I love going to Mexican restaurants. The thing about it, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, because of the way the food is cooked and everything, you will leave there smelling like a Mexican restaurant. Your clothes smell like it. Everything on you. Your hair smells like it. You go into people like, you just ate at a Mexican restaurant, didn't you? say, like, yes, I did, baby. I take that smell home just to just encourage myself two hours later. You know what's awesome about that? You stepped into the environment of that Mexican restaurant. I don't have to try to leave smelling like it. I was spending time in that atmosphere. And because I was in that atmosphere, it was getting in my clothes. It was getting in my hair. It was getting in my belly. I'm telling you, it was ever And when I leave there, I'm full of it. It's not just inside me. It's all over me. And everybody knows where I've been. And they, knows what, and they know what I've been doing. And when I get into the presence of God, I'm not trying to generate something. It's in my belly. It's in my clothes. It's in my hair. It's 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 in my hands, it's in my feet, it's in my voice, it's in my house, it's on my kids, it's on my wife, it's on my body, it's in my finances, it's on me. It's on me. Somebody shout, it's on me. Glory to God. Somebody shout, it's on me. And I'm not trying to generate something that's not there. I was just in his presence. And if I'm in his presence, fullness. Not a little bit. Not getting a little dab of joy. It's fullness. <laughs> fullness. Fullness. It's like my son. My son loves to mess with his sisters. He loves it. And they'll all three get in the pool. But you know how girls are. I'm not getting my hair wet. Girls swim And say, I'm not getting my hair wet. I just want to get in the pool. If you got a younger brother, you better know it's getting wet. (laughs) Whether you wanted it to or not. And then, you know, he'll somehow find a way to pull them under the water. And they're crying, daddy. You know, girls are really upset when they're telling you what's wrong. You can't even understand one word of what they're saying. Upset. And then, you know, he's like, I didn't mean to. <laughs> it was an accident. Oh, so when you wrapped her up in a football tackle around the legs and dug down, pulled her with your body weight under the water, total accident. And you know what's happened? You get in that atmosphere, you come up, drenched, hair drenched. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I get into his presence. I don't have a little, nobody took a little bit of oil and made a little cross on my forehead and sent me on through. I am, uh, that's why I used to love going to, there was an evangelist, if you don't remember him, you should YouTube him. His name was R.W. Shambach. <laughs> it was so funny because he really had a powerful radio ministry too before, back in the 80s, 70s. Powerful radio ministry. It was all over the radio around this nation. Preach, put his tent up in all these different cities of America. He'd have thousands come to hear him preach under the tent. Thousands saved, healed, delivered, casting demons out, seeing people healed. <laughs> He had great faith, man. I remember one time Donnie that would travel with him travels with us now. He said he had one of those people come under the tent. You ever seen them where if you've been like in a serious car accident or whatever had serious neck and head trauma, they screw those things into your head's like a halo. You ever seen those? And it's a full halo on you that's got they got you coming through and it's screwed into your bones. He prayed for him under the tent. Boom, be healed in the name of Jesus. Donnie, go get the screwdriver. They're healed. We're taking this thing off. <laughs> Don, Donnie disappear somewhere outside. <laughs> Go get the screwdriver. But I was like, he didn't anoint you with some little, you know, cross. Of a, he'd say, now, tomorrow night we're having an anointing service. And I got a Rubbermaid bucket here. And we got about 60 bottles of oil. We're filling that thing up. He'd say, ladies, leave your wigs at home. <laughs> Men, keep your nice suits at home. Because I'm going to anoint you tomorrow night. And he didn't take a little dip into the Rubbermaid trash can and anoint your head. This man would dunk his arm into the bucket and come up out and bam, you got anointed. Full force anointed. I mean, I went to those services when I was a kid. I had acne before puberty just from getting anointed with oil so many times. Back when I had hair, I just had a cowlick going straight back. Just Just... Totally anointed all the time. And people don't know this, but there's an anointing on that. I've never taken one piano lesson. I've never had any piano training. None of that. I used to stand in his services, and I would stand by the platform as a young teenager. And I would just dance and praise God and the anointing. And I love that that uh, that praise and worship they had under the tent. Oh, I got a little bit more... Uh, bravery, a little bo- more boldness, and I'd come over and stand by the side of the platform and watch the band playing, and you know it was a huge tent, probably six, 7,000 under the tent, and I'd stand over on the side of the stage, and then all of a sudden I got a little more bold, I'd stand up on the stage and just kind of watch, and you know, dance and over there. Next thing you know, I'm sitting on the organ bench next to the organist watching him play, and Brother Shambach would come out, and he'd see me over there on the other side, and he'd just laugh shake his head well at the end of every one of his 10 day tent crusades they'd have a children's blessing service and it was a a service that started around 2 3 pm went all the way to like 7 8 o'clock at night and they they took their time he'd bring every child across the ramp and anoint them and pray a ninefold blessing over the children you're, this child will never be a homosexual, never be a lesbian, never be an alcoholic, never go, I mean, went right through the whole, it never be a drug addict. This child will never, I mean, went through nine different things. And it was powerful. When we were going through and I was coming through the line one time and he stopped the line and he said, Lord, I'll pray from this night forward, give him that gift that he desires so badly, the gift to praise you and worship you. And he dunked that arm in and boom, he hit me with that hand. And I mean the power of God came on me. And from that day forward, the anointing started to come upon my life to praise and to worship God through, pray, through playing and praise and worship. And I made a vow to God. I said, Lord, if you'll anoint me to do this, you'll never find me in a bar band or some coffee house or on tour with some secular artist. you never find me playing in the world. I'll dedicate this gift to you and for your purpose and for your glory. Hallelujah. And God has put his hand on me for that purpose. And I can tell you where it came from, being in his presence, where there's fullness of joy and there's fullness of strength and there's fullness of power. Hallelujah. And I found this out. I found out that praise is one of those keys that puts you right into the presence of God because God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we start praising him like we were doing tonight, that's why this room is filled with the presence of God in, listen, not just that he's here, in activation. We've activated that presence of God. He's moving, he's interacting with his people because we praise him, because we We worship him. And the Bible says this in the book of Isaiah, that he's given unto us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And if that thing was on you when you came in tonight, the spirit of heaviness is coming off of you tonight, and we're leaving here in full joy in the mighty name of Jesus Christ for when his presence is activated, joy shows up. (laughs) <laughs> Woo, glory to God I said glory to God Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah <laughs> Where his presence is Joy is Strength is Peace is Miracles are Miracles are And when we praise him, it's an instant access into his presence. Bishop Oyedepo, Pastor Sarah referenced him tonight, preaches over in Nigeria. His church is there. He said this. He said, you know, prayer is powerful, and we need to pray. Prayer is very important. We should be praying. He said, but prayer can never equal the power of praise. He said, the reason for that is because God only answers our prayers, but he lives in our praise. He answers our prayers, but he lives in our praise. He answers our prayers, but he lives in our praise. Let me show you something from Scripture. Did you ever notice that there were always jail breaks in the book of Acts? Christians were going to jail. God would break them out of jail. And if you read one of the stories, they they arrested Peter, with the intent to kill him, to execute him. But the church started praying. Somebody say praying. Pray. Church started praying. And as the church was praying, the Bible says God sent an angel, and the angel went into the jail cell, and when he went in, the doors opened of their own accord. And the angel woke Peter up and led him out of the prison back into the city. Notice that God sent that angel as a response to, to the praying that the church was doing, and their prayers released it. But then there's another story in Acts chapter 16 where the Bible says that Paul and Silas were in prison together in the inner dungeon and they added something to their praying. The Bible says, and at midnight, they prayed and sang praises unto God. All they did differently was add their praise to their prayer. And the Bible says that as they were praising and as they were praying, that the prison began to shake. Glory to God. Can I tell you something? No angel was necessary in this story because as they started praising God himself inhabited their praises and when God showed up the prison began to shake and the doors came open and the chains fell off and everybody was free because their praise brought his presence into their atmosphere. i tell you if you'll praise him right now God will start breaking chains God will start opening doors God will start setting your family free if you'll praise him get ready for a miracle oh hallelujah 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 oh glory to god glory to god glory to god glory to god Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.